Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. Well, it's great to have back with me on Sound of Truth Bible Chat, my good friend, Chip Davis. Chip is a pastor in West Tennessee. We go back a long way to our college days at Union University. He's been on our podcast before, sharing his testimony and also coming on one of these Bible chats some time ago. Do you remember what we talked about in the previous Bible chat? I think we talked about, I think we talked about Leviticus. Yeah, so it's been a while. Now, we're, now mm-hmm. we're over in Song of Solomon. That's going to be our topic for today is the book of Song of Solomon. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Rabbi Akiva had said, uh, a great Jewish rabbi had said uh, it was the greatest book ever written, essentially, and it's the holy of holies in the Bible. Interesting take on that. I would say that means he probably is coming from the perspective of the spiritual or metaphorical view yeah, of the. That's what I would think too. Book of Solomon. Excuse me. <laughs> Song of Songs. Now I know why they call it that. So that's the first deal when we talk about the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, as it's in some Bibles titled. Which approach do you take? Do you take a literal approach that this is about a husband and a wife or a courtship or a newlyweds and it's really about marriage and romantic love? Or is it to be taken symbolically, metaphorically as Christ and his relationship with the church? I understand that for about 1,800 years, the dominant view was actually the metaphorical view, but here, in the, at least in the North American church, the literal view has been emphasized more in conservative Bible-believing pulpits in terms of what I've noticed. Yeah, you know, it is interesting when you say that because, like you said, you know, for centuries it was love of God for Israel, and then the church came along, and then the church transferred that into love of Christ for the church, and that was pretty much the dominant view for, you know, like you said, centuries. In the last hundred years or so, I think that, like I'm sure you and I both agree on this, that, you know, it really indicates a man, uh, a relationship between a man and woman, romantic view, and kind of point out the beauty that God has made within that. And you know, I know Bernard Clairvaux, you know, who kind of preached and got the Crusades going. He preached 86 sermons on the first two chapters. Wow. And so I'm sure he probably approached it from the Christ uh, uh, love for the church, you know, because I think he was a— uh, a monk or obviously uh, in the Catholic Church. I don't think he was ever married, and so I probably didn't even consider it from that perspective, but I think a lot of us do today, man and woman, the relationship between the two. That's certainly the way I've approached it, although I have been willing to have an appreciation for and would like to probably study more in the future the medical metaphorical view and and why did it dominate for so many centuries as the way people approach the book? Um, part of the reason why I think it's hard for people to accept that is it's very graphic. It, it's really yeah. if if Song of Solomon were acted out on the screen, oh my goodness, it'd be <laughs> R rated. Hey, I read one time that a uh, uh, a young uh, well uh, Jewish boys were not allowed to even read it till they were thirteen or older. And, uh, yeah, because they didn't want to. You had to be 30 to read it. But, yeah, I thought about that. You know, you had to be a man at 13 to read it. (laughs) (laughs) That's because they didn't want to arouse or awaken love until it so desires, right? Which is (laughs) actually, I'm quoting the Book of Song of Solomon. At least least three. Yeah, you know that. But I'm letting our listeners know at least three on three occasions through the book, that's one of the verses, which was a verse that was meaningful to me in my early 20s, my college years. And, 
before the Lord provided my wife in my life. That was one of the lessons from the Song of Solomon is just wait on the Lord, be content. Don't try to force a relationship in order to be married or or to be able to, uh, shall we say, experience the physical pleasures of marriage. Don't do it outside the, the bonds of marriage, but wait on the Lord for his chosen companion for you. And then within the bonds of holy matrimony, enjoy sex and enjoy the romantic side of love. And so do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. But that's interesting. You know, you make the point that it's not necessarily recommended reading material for younger younger <laughs> folks. So, Well, you know, when I preached on it, I preached through the Song of Solomon. And um, when I did, I did concentrate on the aspect of a romantic relationship. But I also would tie in a spiritual meaning it, uh, to it as well. You know, no matter how intense the relationship can be between a man and woman, Christ has such affection towards us. Of course, he refers to us as a bride. And uh, there's that, that imagery there, you know, in Ephesians 5 about uh, uh, Christ laid his life down for us. And and uh, there's that uh, unity we have with him. And uh, so there is that aspect of it, of the intensity of Christ's love for us. Without a doubt, I have never preached through the Song of Solomon. I, I, I'm not sure I'm ready for that, even now at 52 years old. Uh, you, you, you tackled some. How old were you when you did that, and did you feel like you were ready for it? I was 51. And, you know, uh, I've been married at that point for 17 years. I'm going on 22 years now, but I married at 34. Uh, I remember we were when we were at Union together, there were several of us preachers uh, sitting around one day, preacher boys, you know, we were young, just starting out preaching. And we got joking one day at uh, around, I guess, lunch or or uh, supper or whatever time it was. But we were sitting there in the cafeteria, and we said there are three things young preachers should never preach on. They have to get the experience before they do. Number one, Ecclesiastes. We don't have enough wisdom yet to preach on it. Mm, good point. Number two, number two, Romans. We're not deep enough in the faith yet to preach on it. Okay, I and the third, that. Yes, sir. And the third one, I remember we were saying that the Song of Solomon, we don't need to preach on that till we got uh, older because we don't yet know how to be discreet enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a great memory. I do not remember that conversation, but it sounds well, pretty good. Well, actually, I actually remember it. We even included Dr. Roses in the discussion saying Dr. Roses can't preach on it because he wouldn't be discreet enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to call him up, maybe have him on the podcast sometime and let him defend himself. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So it's an interesting little book. Uh, it, It reads almost, in fact, one of the modern translations or paraphrases, actually, it reads like a play where they've got, you know, whoever's name is that they I think is is saying it because it's a conversation going on between a man and a woman and then there's the daughter mm-hmm. the daughters of Jerusalem you know commenting as well and and so it it does read somewhat like a like you're reading a play well it does when you think about it you know it, it could easily be transferred to a play it'd have to be R-rated though <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that would be uh I hated <laughs> Can't but, come to it unless accompanied by an adult or guardian. <laughs> mature audiences only. Yeah. Who said the Bible is oh, not wait. interesting? It's it is a fascinating read for sure. Song of Solomon. It is uh, composed of just eight chapters. Doesn't take long to read through it. I want to encourage our listeners to read the Book of Song of Solomon and and maybe just grab a hold of a, a commentary that 
takes the literal approach and maybe a commentary that takes the symbolic approach of it's God and his love for his people and in metaphors. That could be fascinating, but I, I, t- I still prefer the literal approach for I feel like that uh, it's just really hard to determine exactly what these symbols refer to. And it, it, it kind of moves in that whole realm of speculation when you're saying, well, this represents this and you know, why is he saying this, et cetera. But it is fascinating nonetheless. I'll tell you, Brad, you get tickled at this. When I first started here at the church and uh, here near Union City, um, you know, Northwest Tennessee, as you mentioned, uh, I was 31 when I started this church. And I said, you know, I think I'm, and I remember talking to you about this before. I said, I'm going to preach, a, uh, try to preach in my first year here a sermon from each book of the Bible, kind of get an overall view of the Bible for the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I can remember the night I preached from a Song of Solomon. I guess I'd been in my about 32 by that time. I remember um, uh, preaching a passage from the Song of Solomon, you know, kind of talking about the book a little bit. And I can remember coming across the word breast, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with the word breast. It's in the Bible, okay? But I was so shy about even reading the word breast that I skipped it. And because uh, I just <laughs> I just didn't have it in me to read it. So I skipped the word breast and I thought, well, nobody even knows us or even cares. Well, at, after church service, uh, this older man came up to me who I wouldn't even have thought would have paid attention at all. He did our sound and everything and carried out tapes to people. And uh, so he was really good at doing things like that. But I, uh, of all people to think about noticing what I skipped, uh, I wouldn't have thought he would have noticed. But after church, <laughs> after church, he came up to me and he said, he said, I noticed you missed a word in that uh, passage. <laughs> 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 so I said, yes, yeah, sir, I just didn't have it in me to read it. I was too embarrassed. <laughs> 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 that's crazy, isn't it? Oh, that's great. I love it. Well, well hey, as a married man, I didn't mind reading it at all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, hey, um, it's been great having you on here again, Chip. Hope you'll come back another time and join us for another Bible chat. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. I loved it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.